Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Nonfiction Thoughts, hosted by me, the luscious Luigi, and I'm joined by my co-host... Hello, everyone. I am Birdchild, and I am especially thrilled to be here with you right now. And I think I know why, and that's because we have started the first month of Guest Gauntlet. We are having one guest on every week of Nonfiction Thoughts all the way through to the end of April. And our first guest here is... Hi, I am El Ranchman. How are you guys doing today? We are fantastic and very, very excited to have you on today. Hey guys, the honor is all mine. I'm so excited to get into the meat and potatoes of this thing. Like, like, that's, this is so cool. Absolutely. Real quick, you want to introduce yourself? Tell us maybe how you got the name Ranchman. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, this is a story that I don't tell often, so this is a uh, listener exclusive. Wow. In 2001, Hidden Valley had a bad batch of Purple Ranch. <laughs> Um, that they were trying to, uh, you know, sell and, and, and market to children who had nothing better to blow their money on. So, um, well, it turns out that the, 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 uh, the dye that made it purple was extremely toxic. So they, they threw out the entire vat. They took it to a waste dump and they dumped it right into the ocean. Okay. It hit a fish. I was that fish. The rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. So we've now had a bird and a fish wow. on nonfiction thoughts. It's this a is the bit only a, podcast that yeah. is interspecies. A little bit of interspecies tension there. <laughs> it's okay. I'm a uh, not a pescatorian fish. I mean bird. <laughs> well, I'm a avian fish. That's good. Okay. So we're, we're, we're fine. We're yeah, fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'm glad to hear that. You look like a chicken wing. And now, the obligatory chair lowering. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think I'm I, the only one who can lower my chair here. No, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't I, do that. I, I stuck you with the, with the <laughs> fixed height chair. I, I, I apologize. I, I just figure since you have an adjustable mic, you know, and my mic is non-adjustable, I should have an adjustable chair. True, it, it definitely evens out. So it kind of works out. Easily. Maybe you can have the obligatory mic lowering one day. <laughs> it's all about equivalent exchange. Yeah, there you go. Are you familiar with equivalent exchange? No, Either tell me about no. it. Full Metal Alchemist? No, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll rest my case then. I'll, I'll just I'll let that <laughs> yeah. die here now. This is on deaf ears. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we're, unfortunately. We're right over our heads. I, I like Lupin. Lupin the Third. He's oh, cool. I, I know Lupin the Third. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but that's uh, cool. I've only ever seen one season of it, but what I saw was very cool. Excellent. Well, maybe I'll put it on the ever-growing list of things that I should watch, but oh, I recommend yet. it. Do you know what it's about? I don't. Would you like to tell us both? Actually, I would love to. Bird Child is what you might call a non-anime <laughs> fan, a normie. Well, same, well listen, I, I am but, too. That's the thing. Like, I, you know, I grew up with Pokemon and, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Sure. And right, right, stuff right. you'd find on like Cartoon Network and, and, and you know, Nickelodeon and stuff like that. But um, Lupin was like the first, uh, one of the first branches one of the first paths i took down mm. um and, and one of the only paths to this day but what i saw was really cool so lupon the third it's actually based on if i'm getting this right i believe it's based on actual novels written by a french author oh. um and i think the japanese adapted it for a movie and then from that like people like the character so much that like every 10 years they release like a new season of the show Whoa, so it's okay. been going on from like the 70s or 80s i think late 70s early 80s huh. or maybe late 80s early 90s somewhere in that time period that's all kind of like one era for, me. Uh, <laughs> for but, us 
for us Zoomers. It exactly. all just sort of blends together. <laughs> us Gen Zers. But um, yeah, no, it's really cool. Like every 10 years they release like a new season. Basically he's a thief and like every season revolves him like going through one or two arcs of him like either stealing a treasure or evading like police worldwide. Like there's one that's cop awesome. that's always hot on his trail. And as <laughs> soon as he catches up to him, him and his friend out, outsmart the cop every single time. Um, he's friends with a samurai who's really cool. Like yeah, a classic right. shinobi samurai. Where does this take place? Just all over the world? All over the world. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's um, awesome. What, the, there's one season where they create like an app where if you track Lupin, you get points like social currency. It's like Pokemon <laughs> Go. So all these people are, are like tracking him. So he outsmarts the entire world by creating his own account and just posting wherever he is at any given wow. moment. And it's really funny because then that alerts the cops. But he goes to like places where like the cops aren't allowed to go mm-hmm. for like um, such as worldwide, pol- like just different made up islands and oh, stuff okay, like that. Okay. Um, or, or something like it's it's one of those plot points. It's been a few years right. since I've seen the show, but or like religious um, artifacts or something. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. He has another friend who's a spy. Um, he he's he's cool. Or he's he's like a thief. Um, but he's always he always has like a sawed off on him. Am I allowed to talk about guns? I don't see why not. Okay. I cool. mean, if it's part of a show, it's part of yeah, a show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's always smoking a cigarette. and He always has a sawed off. That's his character. But he he and you never see his eyes. That's like his character. You never <laughs> like, see his face. Like does he have hair or, or he has like a fedora. I feel like that that could be like a season finale is like a like a Clint Eastwood sort of like raise the brim of the hat and yeah, see his eyes underneath. A really cool like you know you yeah. finally get to see what this guy looks like. And then he also has a girl and he like she's kind of his girl, kind of not. She's also a worldwide or uh, world known thief. Like a sort okay. of a and they rendezvous here and there. Right. Ah. So yeah, the characters are super fun. It's a, just a super fun show. Sounds the, like a good time. The the um the soundtrack is really cool too because mm. it's like very like. 70s like oh yeah that is so cool yeah. my brother's ringtone is a, a loop on one of his ringtones is it really is, is a loop on uh theme i think oh that's so cool the, the other one's cowboy bebop that's yeah, awesome yeah I was, I was just about to say although i am a complete anime normie i have no idea about anything I, I can appreciate that some of the soundtracks go extremely mm-hmm. hard. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I uh, I wanted to play uh, Cowboy Bebop. I wanted to play Tank in uh, Jazz Band. Ooh. Yeah. That's awesome. That really cool. hard lead part. I, I was up for the challenge, but, uh, you know, may, maybe not everyone else was. I was up for the challenge, though. It would have been hard, though. Japanese jazz is really cool. It's incredible. It is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I have, a lot of fun. We Actually, we have a friend, our friend Clutch. Uh, is very into Japanese music, or some <laughs> some of it he was. Uh, and he always said that the, all of them were crazy good at their instruments. And he really, mm. So mm. he's a couple artists he's uh, sent me that songs of. So yeah, it's really cool. Cool. They're really awesome. Some good Japanese rock out there too. Mm-hmm. It's it's very similar to the Western scene, I feel like. So that's why I kind of, mm. I don't know, like I've always wanted to, I've tried learning Japanese a few times, but I always, I always gravitate to the music there more than any other language I've tried to learn. Because mm-hmm. it's so... It's similar to what I like. Right. They yeah. have a lot of like really, really good rock and, and metal bands and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, that I listen to. Similarly in English and, and in Japanese. So like, yeah, very cool. Yeah, super really, cool Really, really excellent musicians. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Eric Miyashiro, he's one of my favorites. Lead trumpet player. Oh. I, I speak in trumpet language. So. Ah, yes. <laughs> Eric, uh, yeah. he, he's, he's, he's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool guy. Well, let me think. Do you have a favorite Japanese artist, Luigi? Oh, I, I, I do. I know I do. Ooh, okay, I, I kind of do. This is a bit of a cop out because they sing in English, mm-hmm. <laughs> like entirely, and they write their lyrics in English too. But Cold Rain, they are a Japanese band, and they're a really awesome, like, 
uh, rock metal band. Oh, cool. Really, really good. A lot of fun stuff they have. They did a couple of openings for a couple of anime. They did one for Fire Force. They have a song in, in JJK. Um, I think one other show, but it's escaping me right now, but they're really awesome. I like them a lot. They're rock. So, do you... It, Ranchman, you're up. Let's hear it. It's <laughs> My your turn, Ranchman. My favorite Japanese musician, and he's very well known, but you might not have ever heard his name, Koji Kondo. Oh, oh I know. <laughs> he is behind some of the most catchy music I have ever heard. He primarily has worked um, in Nintendo. He's yep. created the Super Mario Bros. soundtracks, yep. the Zelda soundtracks. It is wild you say that. While Luigi was talking, I was percolating in my mind. I was like, we need to talk about Nintendo jazz. Please. And then you said it, and then boom, it was right. like, well, we got it. Mini full we circle. We, we call that a full oval, right? So <laughs> listen, we're coming full oval right back to Japanese jazz and Koji Kondo. Have you guys heard the Mario Kart 8 soundtrack? I've played Mario Kart 8, but I'm going to be honest, I don't remember enough of the music. Because I've only played it about four times. <laughs> well, not only that, but you're too distracted by like the sounds of banana peels and like yeah, Waluigi's, yeah, yeah. Waluigi's <laughs> exhaust going off. You know, Focus on getting getting first. <laughs> Did you know I actually beat Mario Kart Seven on the DS? Yeah, I beat the game. I did too. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a world wow. record in Mario Kart wow. Seven. Wow, that's no impressive. Way. Yeah. So okay. Fun story, fun aside, can I tell it? Please, sure, So it's absolutely. very short. No. So, <laughs> Stop talking. <laughs> Listen, Nintendo's always been super behind on, like, their technology, huh? Mm. Yeah. So in terms of, like, you know, parties on their systems, like, where people can join a voice chat and, like, different online services, they've always been, like, five to ten years behind compared to that of, like, right. Microsoft and Sony. Um, which, it's, it's, I'm a big Nintendo guy. I think, yeah. are we all here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Out of all three of, like, the biggest, I, I prefer Nintendo. That's I would I probably up. have to agree with you there. Yeah. The three biggest, for anybody unfamiliar, is Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. Yes, so that's Xbox. Sorry, Sony is PlayStation. They're behind this PlayStation games. Xbox is um, owned by Microsoft. They're, you know, Microsoft behind all the Xbox stuff. And then Nintendo creates their own systems. They're primarily gaming. They don't deal with other technologies. Uh, uh, sometimes. Like, they, they branch out. They mm. do. They used to make toys. Yeah, they used but, to. But yeah. um, now they primarily focus on video games. But yeah. anyway, when they first started getting into the online scene, they had two systems out that were very good with online. It was Wii U and 3DS. Mm. I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of like broke the ice for Nintendo and their right. online. Yeah. We did a little bit, but like the Wii needed an Ethernet connection. Yeah, and it just us, wasn't the same. For us Zoomers, that means you had to plug it into the console <laughs> and then into your wall, which would then <laughs> go to the into the outer space and send you download and upload and, and, and all that good fun tech stuff. But anyway, yeah. Mario Kart 7 on the 3DS had a feature where, mm. if you remember, yes, you could race other people's ghosts online. So like if someone would get a record on a track, um, you know, th their data would be saved and then you could race that person's data as if you were racing another person, like yep. a live race. And then you would compete for who could beat the course the fastest and who had like the best car mm -hmm. with what character and whatnot. Sure. Yeah. There was a level called Mako Woohoo. Yes. And Mako Woohoo was based on the Wii Sports Island. Mm -hmm. And okay. there was a glitch where if you drove off the side of that map into a pit at one point, the game would get confused and put you like a, an entire lap 
ahead wow. of people. So for for like no uh, for like a year straight, I had the world record on that track <laughs> oh, no. for beating the fastest ghost, uh, being the only person to actually like take the time, sit down, watch where that ghost went, find exactly how they clip off the map, wow. and then get brought back onto the map. That's incredible. So for like a year straight, I, I want to say a year, maybe it was probably less than that, it was probably like a few months, but for a few months straight, <laughs> I had like a world record in Mario Kart that's 7 on that, on that track specifically. That's, a, that's so. not a huge club. It's, it's, I feel like that's not a huge club because there's yeah. only a finite number of maps. It's not that many. Right. There's like what? I don't know, like 32 or so. Yeah, something eight, like that. Eight, it's got a eight pretty cups. sizable selection for a handheld Mario Kart. It, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Definitely I mean, one of my favorite. Compared to the GBA one. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely that one had, I think, 12. <laughs> and there were like, so. what, like five, six characters on it? Seven? It was probably eight. Something one, like that. Not very many. This one had like it's 16 <laughs> and plays your me. But anyway, yeah. my, my dumb me face was plastered <laughs> all over the leaderboards for yeah. that track. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really appreciate seven because I like the Wii so much. Like that was my bread and butter as a mm-hmm. kid was the Wii. So like mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time on Wii Sports Resorts, like Wii Sports Resorts. I, I went pro on almost all of them. So like I have a lot of experience on that island. So to be able to like race around it was super cool it's me. a cool crossover it's super cool it's a cool cr- and they're doing more with that with deluxe yeah, no. and the dlc now like they're i i have a feeling that we might be seeing some some new characters from other Ooh. other games coming through maybe maybe samus aaron from the metroid series as a racer maybe captain falcon wow that would be awesome Although that would be i'd rather have cool. another f-zero game personally <laughs> you like f-zero i do like f-zero do you really it's very hard but yeah. i do enjoy it when i play it because mm-hmm. it's like mario kart but 80 million times faster yeah and also mm. more difficult but it's a lot of fun how many entries were like five or six right i think five or six in the series in total across all the systems um i th- i want to s- i think not a whole lot most of them were handhelds i think yeah the only two i can remember off the top of my head were the first game on the super SNES. nintendo and then the second one uh came out on the n64 yep and that one is like the Holy Grail F-Zero game. I don't think there was another console F-Zero after that. There was the GameCube one. Was there one on the GameCube? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that one had like very scary cutscenes. Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm not super familiar with not that Not as one, in like but. horror, but like just the way the characters moved. And just like, like, like janky, you know, like <laughs> early 3D. Like, yeah, exactly. Just kind of Uncanny Valley. Mm-hmm. I feel like early N64 PS1 games, their graphics look horrible because they're blocky and gross. Mm-hmm. But at least they have like a charm to them. I feel yeah. like yes. the GameCube and PS2 ones yeah. have gotten just good enough where it just looks bad, but not bad enough to have like a charm yet. You know what I mean? Right. I think we need to age up a few more years. But right now they just kind of look like, ew, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? No, I, that's the argument I make for old games too. I, I like to collect old games. Like As you know, do I. Yeah. So you can attest to this. Like when you get an old game and you, you're excited to boot up, it's just like getting a new game except yeah. it's old, and, but you turn it on. It's like, oh man, like... This is what we were working with in like the early 2000s. This is what they were working yeah. with in the 90s. Like, um, it's, it's, it's charming though. Like, that's the one argument that I always make is that it's charming to see the old models and old gameplay that then turned into the new stuff. Mm, exactly. And that's the argument I always make is that without, like, okay, you can, this is an argument I have with my dad all the time. I would rather <laughs> play an old game than a new game. Interesting. New games to me, nine times out of 10 are like disappointing for one reason or another. And I'm, I'm critical of new games for different reasons, but. Old games have a specific charm in terms of graphic style, font style, color choice, because everything was limited in those days. Right, yeah, you had to be extremely intentional. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So everything had a purpose. Like, if you really sit there and analyze, like, the UI of a menu or something, or, like, 
the sound design when you're selecting something or moving a character and things right, like that. Right. Things are very, very intentional. So the, I feel like a lot more care and effort were put into old mm. games compared to new where you have a team of 100 developers on a game that can just squeeze something out to meet the, the holiday sales I think that, that can year. be said for a lot of things. Yeah, mostly. Especially for my... What comes to my mind is movies, mm -hmm. like and, mm -hmm. and music. Really, pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, m movies and music for sure. I think have very strong parallels. One hundred percent agree yeah. to that. It, it's uh, what's that saying? Um, limitation breeds creativity, or something mm -hmm. along those lines. Yeah, necessity I, is the mother of invention. There's yeah. a million spinoffs mm -hmm. of it. It's that idea, though. I mean, yeah. like now it's like, I mean, you think about old movies, old games, right? You had, I know, old games like on a Game Boy. You mm -hmm. had kilobytes of memory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is infinitesimally smaller than a gigabyte, right? That's like the standard now. It's like, oh, it's a yeah. 32 gigabyte memory card. Try 32 kilobytes. That yeah. was big. Yeah. Like. To pack that all into a Game Boy game. You know, like, that's insane. Same thing with, with music and stuff like that. Like, one song mm -hmm. in an MP3 format is like a couple of megabytes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like. One song is bigger than an entire game used to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like It's, it's impressive. Like that. It's it, very impressive. It's crazy to think about. There's someone, I forget who, someone embarked on a project. They tried to put a game into a QR code. Like the entire game. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Everything into it. And this massive QR code. Like it was, you know, like the size of a pizza box or whatever. Mm. But <laughs> I think they pulled it off. It was, it was pretty impressive. I knew a guy in my high school and I forget who it was. Which I won't name names on in any way, but I, like what I'm saying for the story is like I don't even remember who it was, but they had um and Pokemon Red was playable on their calculator. Oh, the entirety of Pokemon Red. I That's I knew impressive. a couple of guys who did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was really cool. It's neat. I got into it was like that a TI-84. Yeah, Texas, you know, Texas Instruments. Yeah, yeah. Must be one of the new ones. Pro tip: if you are in high school and you have a <laughs> TI-84 color edition, you can put Game Boy emulators on there. You or can just, do a lot with a TI-84. You can. Yeah. If you're uh, if you're in high school, TI Basic is a massive return on investment. Learn to use your calculator. Mm -hmm. We've said it before, and we're saying it again. It is <laughs> it is extremely valuable. Take notes on it for your math test. Put <laughs> equations into your notes for your math test. Get one hundred or ninety nines. Don't cheat. We're not Don't advocates cheat. for cheating. We're not no. advocating for cheating. All but I'm saying, all we're use saying, your resources is to use your resources. Make the <laughs> computer not do the computation for you. Work smarter, not <laughs> big harder. brain. You know, uh, there was that, that reminds me, Ranch Man. There was someone at our high school, uh, Mr. Green. <laughs> Mr. Green. Mr. Green. Mr. Green. <laughs> he, uh, he was, uh, is, it was and is a uh, TI Basic god. I mean, he, he practically spoke TI Basic. Really? I remember I would come into math class and he would say, Hey, Birdchild, I made this, uh, I made this game. Do you want to see? And I'd say, Absolutely. And it, you know, it was just some charming, you know, maybe. Flappy bird or snake or something like that. And I was like, wow, that's extremely impressive that you're able to, you built this from the ground up on your, on your calculator. He's mm -hmm. like, yep. Mm -hmm. And then I'd come in the next day, four times the resolution, twice as fast, twice as light. Like, yeah, I just made some minor adjustments. Like, wow, this is insane. Like, <laughs> yep. how'd you do that? Come in the next week again, twice as fast, twice as light, twice as high res. Like, oh, how are you doing this? It was, it was insane. That's he built amazing. a. He built a Civ game too, like Civilization, wow. with like randomly generated terrain, politics, 
uh, resource management, kingdom. Like it was incredible. Like yeah. on a TI eighty four, or yep. I think it was an eighty two. It was even. an eighty three. It was an eighty three. It, it was the black and white. It was the black and white. It was incredible. That's amazing. Yep. And then I'd come in the next day, and you know the resolution was was twice what it used to be. You know, whereas initially he was using full characters, like full zeros for mountains or full carrots for mountains or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was it was half the size and then a quarter of the size, like pixels he was using by the end of it. It was incredible. It was absolutely amazing. And it only got lighter too. It was That's amazing. Wild. Mr. Green has he's a done, genius. He's Mr. Green really is a genius. incredibly intelligent and he's done actual tangible like genius programming yes. projects. He's absolutely. in the works on one now. I can't say too much, but I actually work for Mr. Green now. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I am learning to program from Mr. Green and it has been Quite Mr. Green is, He's is incredibly intelligent. That's his, awesome. Uh, this is this is fun for all the nerds out there. His first operating system he ever learned was Linux. He knows nothing but Linux, yep. <laughs> <laughs> which is wild. Like he can hold his own in, in Mac and Mac OS and Windows, but like he learned on Linux, and I think that is that epitomizes like him and his way of thinking. It's just so eccentric, but so incredibly high efficiency. It's it's wild, mm-hmm. and we call him Mr. Green. Because <clears throat> he wore the same green outfit every day. Yep. Like you know how Einstein wore the same thing every day. Yeah. Because he didn't have to waste his brain power on trivial decisions. He just would wear the same thing. That's that's what we suspect is is going on with Mr. <laughs> yeah, green. That's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And where'd you guys get the name Mr. Green other than the outfit? Was that inspired from anything? No, else? I just I just pulled that yeah, out of my head yeah. right now. I got you. <laughs> For that's the sake awesome. of anonymity. That rocks. He's a very, very interesting guy. He's a lot of fun. Incredible. I was wondering if that was a, a Germa 985 reference. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Clip that's it. really cool. That was a German 985 reference. Clip it. Clip it. <laughs> Clip it. <laughs> Clip it. <laughs> Please explain. No. Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> I don't even watch Germa that much. Germa's a Twitch streamer. <laughs> yeah. And he's a silly, goofy guy. And he's very it? quotable a lot of the time. Okay. So he he, he kind of like it. breaks... He's very... What's creative. cool about Germa is he's very creative. He breaks like the mold. He, exactly. He he kind of like breaks the fourth wall a lot in terms of like what a Twitch streamer can do. Mm-hmm. So for in, for instance, one stream that he did was like an archaeology stream where he streamed himself in the desert digging up stuff <laughs> what? for a few hours. Like some like he had a crew like he had like people that worked for him like buried things around the desert and he used a metal detector and walked around <laughs> and he dug it up and he would like find stuff in real time as people would watch and like he had to solve like puzzles on like different map pieces yeah. and find stuff like that. I, I think it's oh, genius. The, yeah, the charm of Germa. You say he he like breaks the fourth wall but i think what's so impressive about him is that twitch streaming is inherently fourth wall breaking because you're playing to an audience yeah but at the same time he's still like i I know exactly what you mean like he still manages it's almost like a fifth wall or something yeah i was gonna say it's like it's so strange fifth wall another thing he did 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 you watch the 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 dollhouse the doll the sims yeah he he did like a real life sims thing where the audience would make decisions for Mm -hmm. him and then he would have to carry out those decisions in like a set of a house yeah where like That's different awesome. things would ha- like if you've played The Sims, like your yeah. neighbors come over and give you something or like a barrel walk in your backyard or mm-hmm. like you'll get robbed or the house will catch on fire. Silly things that this is right. supposed to like be comic, comically simulating life. That's why it's called The Sims, right? Yeah. He did like the exact same format, except the audience would vote for yeah. what happens in like six or seven hour sessions where he'd like he would literally just be the, the chat's sim. Mm-hmm. They would vote on decisions for him and he'd carry it out. Yeah. And yeah. He, he had a whole awesome. set of people working on this with him on the set in this fake house that he made. 
where uh high production value stuff very, extremely like, high hired production actors value. hired like lighting like a people. crew like it's an endeavor it's yeah an endeavor. It, it took like what 40 people to make I have that no happen idea, but a got, lot. yeah so i mean he he breaks the fifth wall yeah it's it's pretty cool He's just awesome. yeah imagine imagine the sims right i'm i sure most people are familiar with the game the sims uh by ea or mm-hmm. maxis maxis mm-hmm. formerly maxis right. bought by ea but uh just imagine, instead of a, a, a sim, it's a real-life person, <laughs> and instead of a player, it's a democratic collective of Twitch viewers. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, it no, was it's cool, really man. cool. It was, fun. it was fun to watch. I watched a little bit of it live, and then he has like highlights on YouTube, yeah. but it's super neat. I would, I would recommend checking that out. I'm not a huge stream watcher, but like, things like that kind of like bridge the gap, I feel yeah. like, yeah, between same. streaming and like... Yeah regular old YouTube and, and even conventional television. I mean, like the amount mm. of work and money that they put in. It's mm-hmm. like the, yeah. The gap between traditional media and, and new media is kind of like... Wide. I was going to say it's narrowing almost. I mean, Narrowing, like, yes. It, it's narrowing. Yeah, definitely. And, and I would say a, a hefty margin, especially with the way that most people are watching, you know, YouTube and Twitch rather than right. cable anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, cable. when was the last time you guys watched anything on TV? <laughs> when I go home <laughs> to my parents. When On Demand was new. When was that? <laughs> I don't know. Like when two, we were children. 2010, like <laughs> yeah. Cartoon Network On Demand, you know? Dude, I remember those days mm-hmm. of going home. I don't, Birch out. Did you, did, I, you, did you have cable? I didn't have cable. Oh, I, okay. I had a very, I had a small selection of channels. It was pretty much just public stuff. Public uh, access. PBS. Right, right. I was a big PBS Kids fan. I still, to this day, love PBS Kids. Yeah. Cartoon Network to me was, was, a, was a decadent treat. A delicacy. It was, it was a delicacy. It was something I got when I like, went over to my grandmom's or my aunt's or my friend's house. Like, gotcha. That was when I, I watched the SpongeBob and it was, oh, it was so nice. But that, That's me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't have cable growing up. So like, oh, okay. I would have to go to my grandmother's, like either on my mom's or my dad's side, because they both right, had right. on demand and cable. Mm-hmm. And I was able to like binge all my shows there. So, you know, as soon as I'd be like, oh, can I go to grandma's house? Why? Adventure Time, new episodes of Adventure Time, new episodes of Radio Show, Amazing World of Gumball, Claire, like all, yeah. you know, all that, all yeah. that good stuff. So, why is it always grandparents who had all the cable channels? <laughs> like, my grandparents had I'm all the bored. cable channels too, but yeah. the only thing they would watch was wrestling and old cowboy westerns. That's that was amazing. all my non no watch. That That's is funny. amazing. I was another big fan. One of the channels we got was MeTV, Memorable Entertainment Television, mm-hmm. and it was all like old shows. I can still probably name like so many old westerns. There were like 10 of them, and they were like, to the uninitiated, they would all seem identical. Just, you know, they old, do. white 50s, 60s Hollywood actors, stilted, you know. Cowboys. In, in, in the classic Hollywood facade towns. Mm, right, like, right. It, But yeah, I, I was... Yeah, it was fun. That's it was a neat. lot of fun. Yeah. And a lot of other shows too. Like MASH. We've talked about MASH, MASH before. Yeah. I love MASH. I've never seen MASH. MASH. I know uh, it's influential. Yeah. From it's... 1973 to 1982 was the TV show. There was a movie before that and a book before that. I have the book. Our eighth grade Spanish teacher gave me the book. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. when, we, yeah. when we left middle school. That's cool. But a, uh, it's a great show. We had a big conversation about MASH. I don't remember how many episodes ago, but. A little bit ago, I think it was most of the episode. A non zero number of episodes Mash, ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, a number between zero and infinity. Somewhere. A, a positive integer. <laughs> it's, 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 it's somewhere in there. A positive integer uh, episodes ago. Some amount. Do you guys hear that? Yes, I do. 
What? What am I hearing? You don't hear that? Oh, no, I definitely hear that. <laughs> Are you sure? No. <laughs> Sorry. Is this content? I think, I think we need to get your hearing checked. Probably. It's okay, Ranchman. We'll get you the help you need Thank real you. quick so that you can hear that sound. Yeah. But until then, just take a minute and, and think. We're going to go get Ranchman medical assistance so we can hear the sound. We'll be right back. So, Ranchman. Yes. Um, your ears. We got them fixed. We did. You're welcome. Thank you. Don't worry about the medical expenses. We got it. Nonfiction thoughts will cover it. In yeah. full. I don't have insurance, so good. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. Don't worry. Avian medical technology is fantastic. Can you hear the sound now? Yes. I, I hear that sound. It, it, it is so acute. It, it is. That is one way to put it. It, it is, is piercing my eardrums as if it were a pair of fine drumsticks on the head of a bass. <laughs> mm. We are in a brainosphere. We are. <laughs> a what? A brainosphere. Don't you, oh. this is, we're in your head, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, we're inside your head. Yeah, no. I would say, I would definitely consider this a brainosphere. It's easily a brainosphere. For sure. A or think like, tank? A think tank. Yeah, because like, this is kind of a fishbowl we're in. A little bit, yeah. Well, so. on Planet Z, they call it a scrunkubloid. What? A what? A scrunkubloid. Ah, that must be a ranchman thing. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just intergalactic it's just space travel. Oh, anyway. I see, I, see. I see. So, ranchman. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're actually in... What? <laughs> I don't get it. Is there a joke here? Do we have to get your ears checked too? Didn't you hear me? I just read out the exact location and address of where we are. Oh, no. yes, 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 no, you yes. Didn't. No, you did. I remember. <laughs> anyway. You know, so, uh, <clears throat> help. <laughs> I'm okay. actually the only one here who doesn't have facial hair. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Why do, you, why do you grow facial hair? Why do I grow facial hair? Yes. Well, it all started. Soup strain. <laughs> one summer. I had just broken up with an ex and i was like you know what i want to grow out my beard now so i just kind of let it go did this ex frown on facial hair yes ah. Um, ah. so i was like you know what i'm just gonna grow it out because i want to and mm -hmm. i can so i did i grew out my facial hair and it made me look uh not it took me from looking 16 to looking 22 mm -hmm. and it made me look a lot better i looked much less Baby-faced. Baby-faced and, and weird. <laughs> you just baby-faced, but with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that's a secret. Facial hair is like guys equivalent to makeup. Facts. Uh -huh. Dude, it really is. It, it honestly is. I think it, it, for me, it really shapes my face. It, do you yeah. agree that it shapes Absolutely. your face? Yep. It fills it out. It adds like a layer of mystique. It does. So for those who can't see, which is everyone except for me, <laughs> <laughs> the luscious Luigi has a pretty nice beard. I would say... A, a full beard in terms of what it covers, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from sideburns down to the chin and under the jaw, mm -hmm. uh, mustache and a little uh, goatee there. Soul patch. Soul patch, Soul yes. Patch, will, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and ranch man, similar, goatee. Really appreciate the goatee. Don't Thank see you. that a lot these days, especially on younger people. Thank yeah. you. So I really appreciate the goatee on a Gen Zer. Really get that representation. Nice goatee too. Thank you, sir. It's I've hard really to rock impressive. a goatee. I, listen, it I, is hard to rock a goatee, but I've you do rocking, it very well. Thank you so much. Thank you. I've been rocking it since 2019, so I figured wow. you might as well keep it around. Right? Yeah, it's no, kind of like for a, sure. It's kind of like a 
a, a side character that shows up every <laughs> once in a while in my life. You know, you know, it's it's uh adds to the charisma. Oh, for I'd sure, say. absolutely. It makes me a lot less afraid to approach people. Yeah, I but mean, it makes people a lot more afraid to approach me. That's I've a noticed. good point. That's a good point because like you got two people. One one of them's got a goatee. The power the power bound <laughs> balance is automatically tilted pretty heavily. <laughs> like it is just it's a it's intimidating. Uh, Especially if you just like narrow your eyes a little bit. Like the amount of oh the, the amount of branch man. I, in general, when you I feel like when you have facial hair, you narrow your eyes a little oh, bit more. You just look a lot more intimidating, huh. a lot less friendly than than you otherwise would, which can be a good thing, especially if you don't want people to talk to you. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> so, yeah, this is all very interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, that's okay. Go ahead. I was just going to say, this is all very interesting coming from someone who can't grow facial hair <laughs> because <laughs> I, I just get little little stubbly patches on my chin, my, my soul patch, and my upper lip. And uh, it just looks like I, I took a big sip of water, dribbled a little bit on my face, and then like <laughs> walked into a, like, like fell onto a, onto the ground or something and i just have like like dirt on my face yeah. like it's just really gross <laughs> what if, it's just okay, nasty if you if you let it grow out really long mm. you said it's your soul patch and your yeah. upper lip right yeah, yeah. primarily those two if you let that grow out give it like six months you look like <laughs> bram stoker's dracula <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta go for two, three years, man. You, you're rocking the See, what was his name in Kung Fu Panda? Master Shifu. Master Shifu. Master Shifu. You're rocking the Fu Manchu. <laughs> the problem with that though is from T equals zero to those. Whenever I look like that, it's going to be so unbearably bad. I can barely look at myself in the mirror. That's my problem. Okay, that's so, my problem. See, in, in that if case, if I locked myself away for like a few months and just didn't shave, then maybe yeah, I'd be willing to give it a shot. But the problem is like. Even though on nonfiction thoughts, people can't see me, but in my real life, people can observe my face. <laughs> You're always out, yeah. <laughs> well, so, so, and that's, that's a good point, too. Like, I know when I started growing facial, I'd be like, man, I look like 30 times better with facial hair. Huh. You know, it, it yep. doesn't always work with everyone. Like, Luigi, it might have been similar for you. You woke up and you Absolutely. looked in the mirror one day, you're like, I could work with this. <laughs> like, something yeah. like along those lines, right? But if you get to the point, like, you know, if you see yourself, you're like, ah, oh, this just isn't working. But Ranchman, it's in, it's interesting you mentioned that because when I wake up and I see myself and I haven't shaved, I think this is not me. And then I shave and then I think, ah, oh, like <laughs> this is, that's like, this is, this is harmony. This is inner peace. Like that, this is, that but is, it's interesting. It's yeah, so fascinating to see that it's, it's reversed for you. That's very cool. That's yeah. very cool. Huh. Well, likewise, because like when I see myself without facial, I'm like, who? who? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> have you have you shaved your? Actually, I think I did see you once without facial hair. Maybe. There know. was probably a time where I messed up, or maybe you saw pictures <laughs> or a video or something of me. Probably, mm. probably. I don't know. I feel like have you shaved since you've started the facial hair, like fully? I've shaved a few times just to have okay. a fresh start because when it starts growing unevenly. And I can't seem to like shape it right, or I mess up shaving mm. shaping it. Then I'm like, okay, well, the, clearly one side is thicker or longer than the other. So mm. let me just get rid of the whole thing and start fresh because right, it only right. takes like that three three or four months to get it back into this state. Mm. And then I, you know, obviously groom and I keep it at a certain length. I, I take very good care of it not to grow over my lip and yeah, yeah. and in these little these. Well, I kind of let it go the past couple of days because I, you know. I have to. Um, same, like you know, with the net, like I get everything under the. I, you know, you get that perfect shape. Yep. <laughs> um, then it's like, yeah, but if if I messed up even a little bit and I can't even it out, ah, uh, like because honestly, like shaving and like cutting hair is kind of like an art. 
Oh, for sure. If you think about it, for like sure. you are the canvas and your razor is your pencil or your paintbrush, right? Yeah. And if you can't get those perfect lines and keep, you got to keep in mind, this is permanent art too until it grows back later, right? So if you can't get those perfect strokes, those perfect cuts, you know, if you just can't get that, that shape that you're going for, throw it in the trash, try again in three or four months. Wow. But if you can... Uh, <laughs> 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 if you can, if you can get the ranchman goatee and you can embody the ranchman instead of being Joe Schlub, whoever that guy is that yeah. you, you have without the facial hair, you know, when you get that, when you see yourself as the ranchman, <laughs> you are the ranchman. Wow. So that is powerful. Anyway, that was so insightful. That was intimate. <laughs> this is good content. Yeah. <laughs> if you had kept going, I would have been moved to tears. Yeah. I'm glad I don't have any tissues on me. I've been sobbing inconsolably. I understand that entirely. Yeah. It's I think a, a lot it, of people do. <laughs> it's a beard thing. Yeah. No, I, it's a barbarian thing. Yeah. You can tell I can't grow Arr. facial hair for my voice crack. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, despite being in the same academic grade, you, Luigi, are close to two years. In fact, as of right now, your, your numerical age is two years greater than mine. I'm old. Despite us being in the same grade. Yeah. Because I'm young for our grade and you're old for our grade. Yeah. Oh, you guys were like a weird cutoff rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was similar. We could be siblings. <laughs> we could be. Yeah, that's weird. That is odd. I'm a September baby, so like I was... I could I, I I was <laughs> I was wrong, in, was wrong in September. No, listen, I was I was most uh, common birth month. Is it really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Is that is that real? That's maybe that November, nine. the fall, September, October, November. Hmm. I'm just trying to extremely common. I think uh, September 29th or seventh is the most common birthday. Sixth, hmm. maybe. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah, I know somebody whose birthday is September sixth. Yeah, mm. so that 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 is odd that you say that. That is if that is the most common indeed. I do know somebody. Well, I guess well, if I you mean, there is a if you bring in yes. the, if you bring in the new year right, of course it's gonna be <laughs> September. <laughs> anyway, it's it's oh, very I, close I to uh, take it back. Uh, I think it's September twelfth, and okay. the, maybe the eighteenth. That's crazy because I am the fifteenth. Wow, and I'm right. Well, I'm right in that that there threshold range. Yep, interesting. I'm a, I'm a proud July baby. I represent. <laughs> I, I am so prou proud of my birth month. I'm very proud of summer birthday people. I think us summer birthdays are, uh, we, we, we got it all. <laughs> Luigi, what birth month are you? I'm a February birthday. February? Okay. Yes, Still pretty, pretty mid, if I'm being honest. Uh, I disagree. I feel. I think you're objectively incorrect. I have a lot of pride in my birth month. As do I. I think uh, May june july and august babies we uh i think we we represent i feel like august is a sad month to be born kind of yeah because like how do you mean like going back to school end of summer it's yeah. like the beginning of school every like, once in a while i flip flop i i, I take august on and off that uh -huh. list but may june and july are pretty consistent i it's funny that okay so mm. what do you could what do you consider a summer month because i Ooh. consider september a summer month i do not i that would say there are times where i even mm. consider august a fall month which is weird because like it's not just objectively in terms of climate right but i feel like in our ethos and just like in what we consider fall mm -hmm. i think august can especially the the latter end of it mm -hmm. like the last couple days definitely can fall into fall territory because of school yeah. right yeah that's that's a pretty obvious reason but that's pretty much yeah 
So, so growing up, like I always like, cause there's four seasons. We always divide, like in school, we always divided the mm-hmm. four seasons, the 12 months into four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously each one of those has three months. You know what I mean? So week, three weeks. Oh, th- I'm sorry. You, yes. Oh three, yeah. No, three yes. months. So over, like 12 over four does equal three. Yes, you are correct. December to February was always winter. Uh, March to like the end of May was always spring. And then June to August was always summer. And then the rest were fall. Right. But I always consider like, it's, it's weird for me because like there have been some summers or sorry, some Septembers where summer has lasted through Mm. and it's stayed really warm. You know what I mean? So, but then there have been some that have been like freezing cold. Right. I think it honestly really depends on the year, whether it feels like summer or not. But these past few years, at least for me, I mean, it, September's like I felt like I've had it like a summer birthday. Interesting. Because huh. just the way the weather is. And right, it stays right, right. warm, you know, mm-hmm. stays in like yeah. 70s, 60s, sometimes even 80s if you're lucky. Wow. You know what I mean? So Yeah, I think I think there's a very interesting and I've I've never really dived in dove into this, but I think it would be something interesting too, is the difference between the like climate seasons and like the social seasons like the the mm. i, I see the thought of seasons you know mm. like yeah because to me summer is the time when you don't have school and fall and winter are the times that you do have school right yep. yeah. like like it's so interesting that way so like my perception of seasons has always been kind of strange because i think i lean much more heavily into that structured and like artificial drawn line of the seasons versus than the act versus the actual climate and uh weather weather yeah right well then there's always holidays too yeah this is another big one yeah Yeah, that's another like contender for like what makes a season you know Mm -hmm. what i mean right like Like the summer's always a time for celebration right the fall is always a time for like kind of calming down the winter is always a time for i don't want to say isolation not like in the negative sense not in the negative connotation but like in the no, sense of like mean. rebirth, kind of like remit. Well, I guess it's more of like spring, spring too. But, yeah. but winter is like the start of that. The, 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 the th- hibernation. The, yeah, the thought of something dying to then be reborn, like the Phoenix era. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's really neat. And well, and then there are the people too that consider like the solstices and the equinoxes oh, yeah, as the sure. change of season. For sure. And those happen in the middle of months, in the middle of, of seasons. So, so there's so many, maybe that's why like my, my sense of seasons has always been fuddled because like there's so many different ways to draw the lines mm-hmm. because you have the axial tilt of the earth and yeah. the weather and the social aspect of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very fascinating. It's, it's to me like where we are, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but like this is the last thing I'll say, but to me where we are, which I won't try but um, <laughs> I always considered like March and April to be part of winter. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? Because like, I don't know, it's just even like within the, these past like five, ten years too, like mm-hmm. I never really feel like that's truly spring just because of our location yeah. Yeah. in, in the, the galaxies. Which is so weird because like when I was a kid and I didn't really understand like seasons, I always considered, oh, well, we have Christmas, huge celebration, mm-hmm. and then we have the new year. So obviously then December must be the end of winter and January must be the beginning of spring. And so like that was what I had in my head and that never worked out because like, wait a minute, it's get it's getting colder now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> zero we, times. we ain't seen the worst of it yeah, yet. That has never <laughs> yeah. worked out. That's like, funny. Oh, you know, fall is August and stuff. And then uh, like winter is that starts, I don't know, like November and then it ends on Christmas and then it's spring. Like, no, nope, it's definitely gets colder like yeah. january february those are the those are the winter months so it's interesting very i would agree i feel like uh christmas and new years are 
kind of oddly placed if yeah. you think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's the start of winter. Yeah. But you celebrate at the end of something. So like why are why do you why are we front loading the celebration? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they they should be in like late mid mid to late February, you know, like where Valentine's Day is. Right. If you think about it, because huh. that's like then you're at the end of winter, right? Right. Towards the end, yeah. Towards the end, I definitely, it's like then it starts to actually get warmer rather than right. after Christmas. Everyone's like, like oh, it's new colder. Year rather yeah, than exactly, yeah, exactly. Like everyone's like, ooh, winter is so excited for yeah. Christmas. And then Christmas happens. Like, all right, when's it going to get warmer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, like, that's always how it goes. Yeah. yeah. I would yeah. definitely prefer to kick off the new year with the spring, like right now. Easily. Like, now would be a great time for, like you said, the phoenix, like the rebirth. Yeah. Easily. So, so easily. Nice. I think the uh, the ancient Babylonians used to do that for spring. The, the spring they was like their new year because that, that makes it because everything which is makes like perfect. Yeah, sense. that makes yeah. perfect because everything's exactly. growing back. Everything's changing color yeah. back. Like you know, it's the logical start to a new cycle. Yeah. What are you guys' birthstones? Let's compare birthstones. I'm a I, Cancer. I think that's Ruby. Ruby. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Oh, you're right. Let me double check. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm, I'm a Sapphire. I have no idea. I'm a. Tell me about your amethyst, I think. Amethyst? Yep. What do, what do birthstones mean? Like, is there a significance to them? It's, Are they supposed to mean anything? Or is it just like, oh, you have this cool rock? Yes. Probably, probably like in, in like ancient times, I'm sure that each yeah. of the stones represented yeah, okay. something. Yeah. Th- I'm pretty sure the origin of birthstones was one pope a long time ago had 12. Um, I, ooh, this is interesting. I, I don't think it was that long ago because this must have been the Gregorian calendar. Maybe it was Gregory, honestly, Pope Gregory, who had like this one... It might have been his the papal hat or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. the, you nobody can see me except Branchman and Luigi. But I'm I'm sort of doing like the Y from the YMCA dance. Yeah, like with yeah, my yeah, head, yeah. So yeah, this yeah. big conical hat. Look up any old pope. Like look yeah. up a Renaissance drawing of a pope. You'll know what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and then uh, I think around that were twelve stones in order, and of that's season, how we get the, or the the month. Yeah, the birthstones. I, wow. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but that's I think cool. So. That would make sense. I mean, like, because you got to understand at that time too, mm-hmm. like. These stones were like precious gems yeah, that yeah. they would right, find yeah, very yeah. rarely, like working in mines and in mountains mm-hmm. and stuff, you know. So, yeah. like, obviously, they had a lot of like significance, significance, clout, wealth mm-hmm. with them, you know what I mean? So, clout. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I always, what's fascinating about um, like color symbology and stuff is mm. like when you find it, okay, to bring up Nintendo again, I feel like this is something <laughs> like, like in Zelda games. Like the stones that you find, like the mm-hmm. different colors that represent like the different races in the game, and mm-hmm. like they all represent like different things surrounding them. So mm. like for me, sapphire, like I always equated that to like the color of like well the symbol of the Zora because you get yeah. the Zora sapphire, right? Um, and you know that has to like the blue is always associated with like wisdom and like you know puzzle solving, like like wits, intelligence, and mm. right. and things like that, like technology mm-hmm. and, and stuff within the Zelda universe. Amethyst is neat because amethyst, like purple, is always kind of like embodied with chaos. Mm, interesting. But it's more like a purple red. So maybe it's like powerful chaos, like they a like a Ganondorf, chaos. like a uh, like a tyrannical ruler. Similarly, or or like a very strange artifact that has a lot of power but does like chaotic things, like Majora's Mask. Right, Majora's Mask right. is primarily yeah. purple. And then obviously red has to do with power. Right. Like that's the Blood. color of the Triforce of Power. Sure. Right. Um, you know, same thing with like the Goron people. Like they, fire. Fire. Yeah. They live on the mountains. There's lava. The They're very people. powerful. Yeah, they yeah. can punch through rocks. Like stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah. Color theory is, is very fascinating. Very. You're, you're, uh, you're an artist. 
So you 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 know a little bit more about that than the average person, I would say. <laughs> well, thank you. That's a very generous title. <laughs> I, I would consider myself an artist of sorts. But so thank you for that. That, yes. that really means a lot to me. Yeah. No, I love I love a visual really artist. Looking, that is. Thank you. Yeah. I I really love looking into different symbology and like different like if mm. you like, especially in terms of like pop culture. Like if you yeah. if you analyze like a character's stance, like their idol stance or mm. something like that, like. Whether it be like you know cartoon art or or movie poster mm -hmm. art or a lot video of body game language. art, exactly Very, a lot of characterization uh, in their body language. There's a lot to look at, like facial expression, colors that represent them, different hmm. what they use, um, like the tools they use, their occupation. Like there's there's a lot that mm. really goes into character yeah. design yeah. that's really really fascinating to study and look at. And I first got into this actually by like looking at like. The Smash Bros. Ultimate Idol poses, like when you select a character huh. on the character select right, screen, right, right. that oh, okay. like they design those perfectly to embody the character that you're playing as the play style that you would want to inherit. Mm. And your play as it's really neat, yeah, super cool huh. stuff. Not to tie it back to video games, yeah, it's just yeah, easy to talk about. Are you a Breaking Bad fan? Yes, yes, Color have, Theory and yeah, Breaking yeah. Bad. <laughs> you, you oh, already know. Boy, don't we, even get me started we, we on that. We, we don't have to go into it. But <laughs> Vince Gilligan is a genius, so yes. that's pretty much all you got to know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like to think I'm pretty well versed in Breaking Bad lore and the discussion around it, but I don't think I've touched the color theory of it. Yeah, no, so it's, it's pretty cool. Watch the video. There, there's a million of them, but yep. there's like one I'm pretty sure that's like the the main one. You give it a watch. It's, it's pretty cool. Walter, I only wear black because I work in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad of a mic. I've, I've heard Mike is Mike is tough to do. He's, he's just an old Philly guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, kind of. Pimento and cheese. <laughs> Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh yeah. Uh, ancient like color, I guess, history for lack of a better word, um, is, is also super cool. Pop quiz. Was the color orange named after the fruit or the fruit named after the color? The color was named after the fruit. I'm going to say the fruit was named after the color. I'm, uh, sorry to say, but Luigi is correct. Ah. Ranch man. Uh, at a point, every fruit was called orange. Um, and I think, uh, some Duke of, or Earl of Orange or something, he said, oh no, I like, uh, I like this orange, this one in particular, as opposed to an apple or a pear, mm -hmm. you know, that was a red orange or a green orange, right? But an orange orange, that was, so, hence the, uh, color was named after the fruit. That's really cool. Yeah. Better him than I. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the, uh, the name they had for orange before calling it orange? No. No. Okay, I don't remember it either. I was hoping you did, but oh. you know it literally meant like halfway between. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. No, they did. It was, uh, yeah, it was an old English word that literally translated to yellow-red. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Of, that's, of that's mixing neat. yellow and red. Yeah. It was yeah. very cool, yeah. No, that's amazing how they figured that out. Yeah. I, I love looking at like um, old texts describing colors and like mm -hmm. how they describe this, the, because I'm pretty sure, who is it? I think either Vsauce or maybe Veritasium has a, I'm, I think Vsauce has a, his, a video of the history of blue. Mm -hmm. I um, think I know what you're talking about. It might about. be Vsauce 2, actually, Kevin. It might be Kevin. Uh, and how, like, uh, various cultures have had different blues over the years. Yep. And, like, the ancient Greeks um, in, in the Odyssey, at, I'm pretty sure at no point, I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure at no point is the word blue used to describe the color of the ocean. It's always, like, wine colored or something like that and that's just yep. that's such an awesome description of like a deeply turbulent mysterious ocean it's yeah. wine colored like <laughs> that is so ominous and foreboding like it's great that is really neat 
And like you look at old art of rainbows and like they don't have or it's something I don't think Indigo. it's blue because obviously they need blue for the sky. But there's some like there are colors missing from the rainbow. Yeah. Like it's it's really interesting. You can kind of track that based on what they put in the rainbow because mm-hmm. like all the colors are in the rainbow. So it's interesting to see how they band it because mm-hmm. then you know how they discriminate their colors and how they define each one. Mm-hmm. Right. It's pretty cool. I think there's an order to which most civilizations they, they've found that the colors always come in a specific order. Purple was always the one of the highest, right? Because it was believe, like the color of royalty. I believe so, yeah. Like rare dyes would be made mm-hmm. out of purple. I got, yeah. Yeah, and then blue is always later too. I think, uh, I think green is before blue. I don't remember the exact order, but I do know that um, in Japanese, I don't quote me exactly, but I do believe that uh, blue... Blue might have come before green in that case. And I know that because the character Rock Lee in Naruto is... His, uh, Did you say broccoli? <laughs> Rock Lee. <laughs> Rock Lee. You're not the first person. No, his name is Rock Lee. I yeah. see. Um, but his, I bet uh, they get that a lot. <laughs> his slogan, his thing is he's, he's the green devil. Mm-hmm. His, his slogan is, no, it's actually Rock Lee. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, I know earlier, especially in Naruto, it often got translated as Blue Devil, oh. which didn't make a whole lot of sense considering he wears a green jumpsuit. But right, <laughs> you know, it's it's a translation lot over from error, that because you can cool. kind of translate them. They're very similar. That's, That's cool. So. Yeah, that is interesting how that. How green can be translated into or mistranslated, I guess, into blue. That's, yeah. that's uh-huh. fascinating. Yeah. There's probably like there's probably a isn't there like a blue green colorblind. Mm, yeah, I think, think so. that might be why. Oh, you, you know, yeah, you know what I think that? it is. There's a, I think there's a disparity in the in our sensitivity of uh, green to blue. So, like in in our rods and cones, I forget which is which. Someone I'm sure knows, but <laughs> I think the cones catch the light. I think the rods display a. The rods are color. I never mind. I don't know. <laughs> never mind. Okay. Cones are black and white, and see outlines. Cones uh, are black I'm and sorry, white. Rods. Rods are black cones and white. Cones see color. Cones okay. see color. Okay, for so color. for our cones, we have obviously red. Br- green and blue cones and the red green overlap is very strong but from red to green then there's a big gap between the blue peak mm. so the colors between green and blue are are, are often uh, kind of muddled that's why disney has this color go away green it's right in the middle of green and blue it's mm-hmm. this like dull cyan they paint it your uh, your brain literally does not process it as well so it just like it goes away it makes Ooh, it go away like go away backgrounds green. and stuff that's for, not for important. like um Meadows, like light, light poles, and like if they want to put like a a transmitter or like a speaker or something on a light pole, they'll paint it all go away green, and it just fades into the background of your mind. It's really interesting if you look up go away green, you'll see some like scenes where these real eyesores, you know, like radio towers or like just just gross, you know, eyesores that you wouldn't want in Disney, just fade into the background. You don't even huh. process them. It's really cool. But then the scene, like the people who then go through and really dissect that movie then notice those little details that's yeah, really neat yeah. yeah super cool stuff again ama- with that design perspective yeah, yeah absolutely it's amazing how we've kind of uh, taken advantage of all like our strengths and weaknesses and like so we've so optimized so many things like we, colors, we really have mm-hmm. as a you know species I mean? we, we have just min-maxed incredibly <laughs> we really <already>. have <laughs> that's awesome it's pretty insane honestly kind of for diminishing returns too I mean yeah it's like I don't know, who's who's gonna need that? Except maybe maybe somebody like Disney. Like they're the only people. Yeah. Time and 
can to you, know how to implement all that. You know what I mean? Could you imagine sitting at those meetings where they were like, <laughs> you know, this we're gonna make it this specific color because then people aren't gonna realize it. Yeah. Like, how cool would that have been? Like went like being one of the like people that really studied that and yeah. looked into that and figured yeah. that out. Like think of how cool that would have been it's to like psychologist be of color theory. That, that's a cool job it, title. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like these these like these little details that you see in everyday things, mm-hmm. like so go un go mm-hmm. so unnoticed, you know, by the just you know because I don't know. Yeah, we're just taking for granted. Exactly. That's why we take it for granted. Yep. It's like, uh, what's that one saying? That's like, um, you know, someone, you you fill in the blank. Some occupation is doing their job well when they're like a bathroom janitor. They're doing the best job when you don't notice it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a lot of things like that. Mm -hmm. You just don't notice. And that's just how it works. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, a good job. Can we call this episode Ranch Man in Japan? <laughs> Ranch Man in Japan? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, we don't really have a choice now. That's... Well, now it has to be. Yeah. Now you know why this episode is going to be called Ranch Man in Japan. <laughs> if you've stuck around this long. All right. Well, well, I think at that point, on that note, to, we'll, well, have to, we'll have to bid our goodbyes, Ranch Man. We'll have to part ways. Tragic. So thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Very if you much tuned so. in late to this mm-hmm. broadcast, you'd like to hear the rest of it. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, etc. at Nonfiction Thoughts. Be sure to follow the Twitter and the Instagram at nficthoughts underscore podcast. And Ranchman, do you have any any uh, socials you'd like to shout out? Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram at Ranchman underscore defrigerated. Um, <laughs> again, that's Ranchman underscore defrigerated. I don't really amazing. post anything there, and I think it's private, but I might change it to public soon because I'm going to start posting things again. Um, I'm also on YouTube at uh, Clayton Signori. Um, <laughs> that's Clayton, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N-S-I-G-N-O-R-E. Um, it's a green profile picture. You can see all my projects and passion projects there. There's links to other websites like SoundCloud and things there that you could check out. Um, yeah, I really appreciate being on the show, guys. Thank you so, so much for allowing me this opportunity. I the hope to come back again sometime soon. It has been an absolute joy. So thank you. Thank you very much. For a, real <laughs> thank a real treat. A real treat. Like going to your grandmother's to watch Cartoon <laughs> Network. <laughs> similar, uh, similar level of treatness. <laughs> much uh, appreciated. Well, thank you again, everybody, for listening. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Ranchman, for coming. Whoop, whoop. And you all have a great rest of your day. Make it as Be good safe. as you can make it. Toodles. Bye.